Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park slip makes you grin and above all you love making your bookie cry then you're in the right place the number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions shared with a fan base like no other welcome home this is the punch list mma podcast here are your hosts dale lippin and trey van buskirk What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punch Step MMA Podcast. It's your boy Dale Lippin flying solo right now because I'm not sure where Trey's at. Hopefully, he'll be here soon. Uh, but until then, it's time. <laughs> oh, hello, good sir. Hello there. How are you doing? You, uh, for the listeners that are probably hearing this in audio version, you seem a little bit muffled, but I'm going to be honest. It is so legit what you're wearing. You're wearing a horse head mask, if I could see that correctly. Yes, my audio is a bit saddled, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, the good thing is we have time on our hands tonight, so people will have to bear with us through this UFC 267 card, which has 15 fights, Dale. 15 fights, one five. Count them up. You know what's crazy about wearing a mask like this, Trey? Huh. Is you get a bit thirsty. Oh. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> you said this thing wasn't ever going to come in handy. No. I'm a little bit worried you're going to waterboard yourself. I've not seen people drink beers through a mask that is a horse head. That's all right. Well, I was going to dress up like a horse, man, and this was the only only part of the outfit that seemed appropriate. So, Well, you're acting like a jackass, so you're playing the part. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Can't see anything. There we go. There you go. All right, outstanding. <laughs> yeah, just... Wiggle it in that mouth there. <laughs> so legendary. Oh, that's so good. It's all right. I'll join you there, good sir. I've got my cut water margarita that we're unofficially not sponsored by, and I will be drinking that with this mustachial men that I am growing, as you can see. A little bit worried. Want to know, want to get your take, you uh, beard aficionado yourself. How do you drink said cocktails with the nostrils flaring up because of the nose hairs? It's tough. It's tough. It can get a little effervescent, if you will. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, so I'll power I, I, I complied to your original rules. I, I wore the, the the mask. Can I take this off now? You can take it off now, but at the end of the show, I will ask you to put it back on. Okay. 
fantastic. You can, you All can, right. you can take the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Thank you. All right, guys. Like we said, uh, got a brand new episode for you. UFC 267 takes place this weekend. Main event: Yam Lahovitz taking on Glover Teixeira. Seems like just a few short months ago, we were watching Jan fight Israel Adesanya in the one and only uh, live companion uh, episode that we did as well. So excited to see the Polish power back in action. We have 15 fights, like you said, to break down. Uh, But before we do, we got to pay the bills, as always. If you guys paid attention to our Instagram story earlier today, you saw that Stay Classy Meats is giving away free T-shirts for every order that's over $80. So if you go go, get some meat... um, Chances are it's going to go over 80 bucks. You can use our code, knock that price down some. If you use our code uh, FIST, it'll knock off 10%. And you'll get a free T-shirt in the process as long as the grand total comes over 80 bucks. So get some meat, get a shirt, save some money. Uh, it really doesn't get any better than that. But if you don't want to stay classy shirt, there's a way that you can get other shirts. Trey, how do they do that? You just go to allegianceclothing.com and you type in the code punch Dale. Couple notes. I want to back up for a second. Yeah. Stay classy meats. I pre-ordered my turkey. I did see uh, that. I did see that you pre-ordered the turkey. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Through Tactic Calories, got the spices also coming with the brine bag. Not really sure what to do with that. Oh, sorry. Um, I'll walk you through it. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I could be rocking one of their shirts, utilizing one of their turkeys. Allegiance Clothing has always got me decked out Monday through Friday. Go to their website, guys, allegianceclothing.com. Type in that code PUNCH. We have our shirts starting. We are going to start listing our shirts. Got word from Roy. News to you. I'll say breaking news to me. Breaking news to you. We're going to start doing limited drops on our punch list, exclusive artist series shirts, guys. Keep a lookout for those. We're going to put a poll up to see which one you guys want first, but we're going to put those up on our story over the next couple days. You guys select. We're going to drop those babies like it's hot. Again, this is all news to me. I love it when you just hit me with randomness without uh, running it by me because it's usually what I do to you. You're literally just giving me some of my own medicine here. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. So for those that didn't see you stand up and swing your grandfather clock in front of everybody, you yep. are, in fact, the clock from Beauty and the Beast. Is that correct? Yes. My son is going to be the Beast. My daughter's going to be Belle. Um, so it was either this, the clock, or the uh, the lantern. But the lantern covers up your uh, your hands, and I can't hold beers with lights on my hands. So I went with the it, clock. It wouldn't be a lantern. You'd be a, a candlestick. A candlestick. Candelabra? I think he'd be a candelabra. Isn't that what he is? I don't know. I don't even know. Apparently, there's a guy in that movie that's super ripped and has blonde hair and uh, wears a red shirt. Gaston. Gaston has dark hair, not blonde hair. Oh, well, he would have been blonde in my version. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I got you. Well, I figure... Okay. So, is the wife participating as well? What's she dressing up as? She's going as uh, Belle before she turned into a princess. So... uh, what do you call it? Peasant bell? Peasant bell. So poor bell. Poor bell. Yeah. Poor bell. Gotcha. I decided to walk around with a massive dong. There you go. Get it? Yeah. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it 100%. <laughs> oh, go, 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 go. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. So you should have dressed up as Gaston then because that's when Gaston wanted Bell. He wanted to chase her around when she was poor. Oh, what a good guy. I know, right? He's trying to bring her out of poverty, man. Married oh. up. Well, it's like the- Dale. Should we bring me out of poverty? Yes. Because I've been having a hard bed season. I'm ready you to have. rip this car to shreds. You have. Let's let's talk about that real quick. 
I, we're getting closer to the end of the year before we start breaking down these fights because there's 15, so we got to get after it. We're getting close to the end of the year. The first season of the show, we decided we were going to just do like basic money line plays, right? Right. And finish well, well above that 65% mark. This year, we kind of went like a, you know, like a little combined sort of plays that we like sort of thing. Haven't really been playing it all that serious. It's got a little bit more relaxed approach to it. Right. I think we should take a poll uh, coming up as to what we should do for season three. Mm. Whether it needs to, we need to go back to like the money line plays, go back to like super serious track everything. You know, do we want to do a, a, a money challenge? Do we want to do a me versus you? Do we want to do a like bring back beard versus entree? Mm. What what is it that we need? What are we? What's the format going to be for season three? Is what I'm mm. what I'm ultimately driving at here. Okay, well, here I'll pitch something to you, just so that you like to be surprised. How about this? Okay. It sounds like there's some. Uh, differentiation between our picks for this card, which is going to be great. It's going to it's going to add to the uh, you know the back and forth, the battle, the battle of rhetoric. Okay. You and I this Saturday post our picks side by side on okay. Instagram. Okay. Whoever comes out the victor, the loser, will have to shoey four beers on the next episode. Okay. Now that being said. And I'm not I'm not a guy to do this. I don't want you welching on the bet when you lose because you still owe me shots of Jameson. I don't have Jameson next to me, but I have every other type of alcohol. I will jump on that bet right now. If but do, do you do you remember what we talked about when, when, before our show even started when it was just you and I as brothers in arms in, in betting, right? With, <laughs> yeah. with the Connor fight. Yes. Yes. You you owe me some JMO shots still. All right. I'll do that on Friday. And if I clear that, then we're locked in for the Saturday bet then. Does that sound fair? That's that that's fair. Okay. So Friday I will post the shots of me ripping shots of Jameson. Well, I don't want so here's the I don't want you to go out and buy a bottle of Jameson just for the sake of doing that. If if you've got if you have an equivalent, as long as it's not proper twelve, do you have any other Irish whiskey? Why would you? Exactly. That's I. You see, you're answering correctly. I just wanted okay. you to say there is no Irish whiskey other than Jameson. Hmm. Thank you for taking shots at my integrity. By the way, I no, really, not really at all. I'm that. not. I'm not taking shots at your integrity. I just don't want you to welch on the bet. For, the reason why I say this is four shoeies is a lot of shoeies. Have you ever done a shoeie? Again, taking shots at my integrity. I don't appreciate this conversation, Dale, at all. I don't not, appreciate. That's it. not my. That's not. You're you're taking the. the we're like a married yeah. couple miscommunicating here. I'm saying, have you ever taken a shot? Have you ever taken a shoey before? Yeah, I think. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I did the shoey for the tie to Ivasa thing. I yeah. hated it. I did I'm it, sure. but I hated it. Four is a lot of shoeys. That's just a lot of shoeys. I don't want to do four shoeys. Well, we, we do it for the people. That's true. That's true. We do it for the people. Oh damn it! You're right. We do it for them, not for us. It's not about us. It's about them, isn't it? You know what's great about having this mustache is I could, in my mind, just be thinking of this conversation and looking stupid, but I also look so regal that they're like, that's a really poignant point, Trey. Yeah, it is. It, you seem like every everything that you're coming at me with is more polished currently, which is yes. which is frustrating. You've got it's it has an air of decisiveness that you don't oh. normally carry. Oh, that, it's done. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache comes off. Just like that, we're done. 
All right. Honestly, you can grow such great, great facial hair. I don't know why you don't just grow that mustache in real life. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. I think you could. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll let you be the mustachio men of said dude, podcast. Dude, you don't want I would love for you to grow that mustache. Yeah. Plus, Taylor, uh, our buddy Taylor Tombstone Johnson's watching this and just saying, what a fraud. What a fraud. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a fake mustache. Yeah, exactly. That's true. He could grow. I mean, his mustache looks similar to that already. His his mustache has actual biceps that come out of it. It's insane. That's why That's he true. like murders people. That's true. That's true. Speaking of, speaking of murder, uh, did you watch? Have you watched any of the Contender series tonight? Instagram Live had uh, communicated with some people. I had it on in the background for a quick second, but no. did the one did the one guy that called the other guy a terrorist end up winning or no? Ooh, I didn't get to watch that one. Though. <laughs> that was hardcore. And the guy and he missed weight. I love that he, he misses weight and he calls, he the, calls the guy, guy a terrorist. terrorist. He calls him a terrorist. That's like, good. dude, what the fuck? That's good. That was good. That was good. All right, let's break these down. We got 15 fights. Gosh, uh, and not a lot of time to do it in. All right, we're back to Fight Island, UFC 267, live and free this weekend, this Saturday, uh, taking place on ESPN+. Plus. So I guess it's not entirely free. But if you have ESPN+, Plus, it's gonna it ends up free there's no pay-per-view charge if you will yes absolutely stack card tons of russians a lot of v's and z's showing up this week a lot of caucus mountain warriors we're just gonna go ahead and get that out of the way now a lot of people from the caucus mountains a lot of people from russia there's a lot there's a lot of long names here um like i said a lot of v's and z's in the names uh you're gonna hear a lot of reoccurring themes gonna try to mix things (laughs) up so it doesn't sound redundant but boy, oh boy, they just kind of took one little center of the universe over there and booked every possible fighter, and they're making it happen. All right, so first fight on the main card. We waste no time. Magomed Ankalaev taking on Volkan Uzdemir. Uzdemir at 17-5, and five, Trey. Magomed Ankalaev at 15-1. and one. <clears throat> Uzdemir entrenched as an underdog, plus 240. Ankalaev minus 300, over and around the two and a half. Minus 300 is almost untouchable for me mm. when it comes to this. Do I like him enough to be a parlay piece here? Do you like him enough to even just be a money line for fun? I mean, well, I can't. Minus 300 is, I don't I don't even know if I want to touch that, though. It's because it, I think I think Uzdemir presents some real threats to to that. But I'm, I also believe that Uncle Iowa is going to win this fight. I just don't. I don't know if I'm pl- if he's playable at the minus three hundred. What do you what do you feel here? Well, if that line was closer, let's just let's just go to a world where this is a pick 'em. You're still going to take on Goliath. Probably, yeah, I probably will. I don't See, I don't particularly love Uzdemir. I don't particularly like uh, Mohamed, man. Okay, this Ooh, is a guy okay. that. Has always presented a challenge to actually chain wrestle, right? But he hasn't yep. been chain wrestling as of recently. No, he's been striking. Striking's been absolutely on point. Well, let's be honest, dude. A decision win over Nikita Krylov. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, whatever. A win over a zealous Kutalaba who came in there with freaking ill intent. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't fare in the competition that Vulcan Uzmir has actually had. This is a dude that, while yes, he got knocked out by Yuri Prokoska, that Yuri's a freaking alien, dude. That guy. Sure is unorthodox, super durable, got clean hit, whatever. But you got to think about that. Before that, this is the dude that beat Alexander Rakic. This is the guy that's fought the Dominic Reyes, the freaking Anthony Smiths. Like he, The quality of competition is not parallel. 
I think Volkan Uzdemir, people think, oh, he's older. He's put some miles on. He's younger than me. He's freaking 32. He's yeah. a young dude. He's a young buck. Like, yeah. I think Volkan Uzdemir has seen, had the looks. And I think at plus 240, I know I talked about Ankalaev. Okay, yeah, I could see it. I like the momentum. But Volkan is a live dog here, dude. He is a live dog. I, I, I'll, I'll push back on it a little bit. I agree that he's faced a better level of competition. I, I, I can't I can't rebuke that. But I will say this. He's only beaten the same level of competition that Ankalaev has. Mm. If you look at who Uzdemir has beaten, OSP, Misha Serkinov, Jimmy Manawa, Alir Latifi. And the win over Alexander Rakic was a split decision in a fight, admittedly, and not just for the sake of argument, I had scored for Rakic. I did not score it for Uzdemir, personally. There were many out there that did score for Uzdemir. So, okay. It just it's a matter of perception in that regard. So I will say this: the wins that he has are over the same quality of opponent that that Ankalaev has wins over, but he's faced and lost to better fighters, right? Like he's had better looks, like you said, Anthony Smith, DC. Um, he he really he's really out there. But I'm not like the Marcin Pracnial, Paul Craig, Klitson and Brayu, Dolce Lungi and Bula. Iwan Kutalaba, Nikita Krylov, those guys are Alir Latifi. They are, uh, uh, what's his face? Oh my gosh, Misha Serkinov. They are that that same sphere. OSP. They are the same sphere of caliber with one another. I just don't. I don't put a lot of weight in those wins for Uzdemir. The only weight that the only the really the only big one I give him is Jimmy Manawa. Because he went out there and he slumped Jimmy Manoa. And for a while, Jimmy Manoa looked like he might have a little bit of contender in him. Obviously, that ended up not being the case. But even still, you know, given the body of work, I thought maybe Jimmy Manoa was probably his highest profile win to date, even with the split over Alexander Rockch. All that to say this, I'm glad that we're on opposite sides of this because I, I was feeling less than confident in my Magomed Ankalaev pick. I like that you're leaning towards Ozdemir. It's not enough to necessarily sway me right now, but I like that the the brains are going and uh, in, in viewing both sides of this. I'm kind of enticed by the under two and a half. It's, it's tickling my fancy or tickling my mustache. Well, I think that there's something to that, right? Because if you look at Ozdemir, he, he tends to, if he cannot get it done early, he really ends up having an issue. Right. And if you're Ankalaev, you got to look at his last few fights, right? Obviously, he knocked out Kutalaba, right? Um, but then there was the weird knockout of Kutalaba. But the Longiambula fight was a knockout. Prakniel was a knockout. And then everything prior to him coming to the UFC was a knockout. So there is finishing capabilities on both sides. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how cautious two big boys that are prone to finishing fights if they're going to be like, mm, I don't necessarily want you to touch me. So I'm not entirely sure if that's right. the case. Uh, right. But under two and a half, I can get on board with that. I, we can try it. I can let it rip. Let it rip. Let it rip, tater chip. Let it rip, tater chip. All right, man. <laughs> Lee Jing Leong, 18 and 6, taking on Hazmat Shemaev. Shemaev at 9 and 0. Lee Jing Leong, uh, 18 and 6, like I said. Here's the crazy thing about this one. You want to talk about a line? Minus 560. For Hazmat Shmai, I've taken on Li Jingliang coming back at a plus 385 over on a rounds tray. One and a half. Is that it's been over a year 
we've got COVID, we've got complications, we've got weight, we've got all these things. It, is this legit here? Like, is this a legitimate minus five sixty favorite? Like, or is this just complete disrespect to Li Jingliang? Choo choo! I'm not on the train, dude. I'm not on it yet. I refused okay. the train. I I came to the stop and I said, I'm "Fucking not jumping on it." Did not buy my ticket. And the reason I say that, dude, is did we learn anything from the Gerald Mearshock fight? Absolutely not. No, we did not. And then what? The dude's coming off his momentum that is Rise McKee and John Phillips on Fight Island over a year ago, yeah. and that's what constitutes a minus five sixty. Get out of here, dude. I don't like it. Li Jing Li Jiang, this guy. He looked great in the Santiago Ponzinibbio fight. But the Santiago fight, you have to think, that was a guy that hadn't fought in three years prior to that fight. The Santiago we saw in that fight versus the Santiago we most recently saw are two totally different fighters. Sure. So I don't put any weight in that either. What I want to do is I want to look at Shamaya. And outside of his knockouts and you know submissions, he's a chain wrestler. We're talking about redundant statements. He is a chain wrestler. We've seen it in his practice. We've seen it in his training. Lee Jingleon struggled with Neil Magny. Neil Magny wrestle fucked him all day that night. Mm -hmm. And that's a guy who's got obviously length, reach, whatever you want to call it. He has good race wrestling capabilities. I don't think he has the freaking lay and pray Shamaya heavyweight, mm. you know, that's going to happen. So I'm worried about that. I'm still going to go Shamaya. I'm not going to play him in a parlor or anything like that. I still want to see, but I do think that this is a bad matchup for Lee who did struggle with a wrestler in Neil Magny. Um, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. No, I like that. I like the point you're making about the, the Magni card or the Magni fight, because I think that that is the blueprint, right? Like he laid it mm -hmm. out on how you have to beat him. And we haven't seen Shemaev do that, but it's also, we haven't seen him do it because he hasn't needed to. Right. right. So the, the, the way to win the fight is there, but we haven't seen him execute a plan like that because he doesn't need to do it yet. If he can't do whatever it is that he's done so far, which is essentially knock you out very quickly, um, or get you in a disadvantaged position and then just punish you until the referee stops. What is plan B? Is there a plan B? Is there a plan C? We don't really know. I think minus 560 is a disrespectful line, yeah. but I also understand him being the favorite in the fight given the hype, given the method and the, the one-sidedness of the victories. But minus 560 is tough. I'm not even necessarily sure... Normally, I see a plus 385, and I go, will this dog fight for my money? And I want to say that Li Jingliang will, but I, I'm not sold on that yet. I need – the Santiago fight wasn't upset. We were on Santiago for that fight, for, for the Ponzinibbio fight, uh, and that wasn't upset. And he did, he did fantastic there. I don't – I just – I don't know yet, man. I'm not sure – let me see him at weigh-ins. Let me see if he's intimidated, like in the face-off. Like if he, you know, if he comes in and he does like the head down, John Jones won't look at you kind of thing, maybe. But if he's like all up in his grill and aggressive, I might, I might sprinkle a little just to. Uh, dude, I I get worried about the emotion outside the cage with fights like this. I've I've said this from the beginning. Shemaev does not deserve a main card spot. I don't mm -hmm. believe that. I also don't believe he gets to be on the poster for UFC 267, which he is. I don't like that. A lot of the time you get this shell shock deer in the headlights because of the marketing behind it. We saw that in the Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler fight. We saw Dan Hooker come out like crazy. You know, Dan Hooker, another high-profile fight we're going to talk about here shortly. But those things weigh a lot. You can't really dictate those at weigh-ins or the training beforehand. 
So I don't know. Ride with the emotion. Ride with it as the poster child, Shamaya, for this. But I'm not going to bet on it. Well, they put him on the poster because he's they're, they're trying to hype him. They're right. trying to sell trying to sell tickets, man. In in this instance, wolf tickets. So, um, see what I did there. All right, I like that. Alexander Volkov taking on Marcin Tibura. Tibura twenty two and six. Alexander Volkov thirty three and nine. A minus three hundred favorite uh, mm. is Alexander Volkov. Let me see here. Yeah, minus two ninety. Marcin Tibura plus two thirty. Over on rounds is at two and a half here. Trey, I'm so disappointed in Volkov after the Cyril Gone fight. I I almost need a fight away from him. Like I I kind of like. Like when you get in an argument with somebody and you're like, I just need to be away from you for a minute and clear my head. <laughs> like that's how I feel with Volkov. He let me down so bad in the Cyril gone fight. Right. I, I just, I don't necessarily know how much I can trust him right now. I, I, I just need, I need space. It's not, it's not you. It's me. Mm. Yeah. That was kind of like when I was watching the Super Bowl one year and my wife thought that the lead singer Maroon five, when he popped his shirt off, what's his name? Adam, yeah, um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he yeah. pops his shirt off, and my wife thought it was really hot. And I just looked there, and I was like, "I need some space." Yeah, I, just, I don't, I don't align with your values and who you are right now. Right. So I walked in the other room, and then I, I still had the Super Bowl on. Um, Wait a second, hold on a second. Did she like audibly gasp or something? Like, how did you, how did you immediately ascertain that she found him physically attractive? How did that? Work? I just saw her eyes get big, and then oh. she did this open mouth thing, and I was just like, and, huh. Did she hit you with the open mouth? Yeah, just kind of like, and I, 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 you know, she says no, but I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of drool. I'm gonna be honest. Dude, man, the eyes never lie, man. That's what they say. I know, I know, but I hate it for you, bro. I hate it for you because you're a good-looking dude. So if he's out there, just you know, man, yeah, it sucks, dude. The problem so. is he's got that like skinny ripped going on where yeah. I, I haven't had a six pack ever. I don't think in my entire life, and he's just skinny, and he already gets one. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to a six pack right now. Oh, I know. I wish that counted because I'd be yoked. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but now, hold on yeah. a second, real quick. That you know that guy just eats like soy and tofu and vegetables and shit all day long. Like his life, from an eating and drinking perspective, is probably miserable. Oh yeah, he's not having very much fun. Like, no, it's like he facade. looks that way, but you know he does yoga and eats quinoa. For everyone eats quinoa, Dale. Nobody eats quinoa, Trey. In California, it's a staple of your breakfast. What it all it is is like the husk of of what should be like an oat or something. Like what is? I don't even. If we went, if we were lost in the woods, could you show me a quinoa plant? I don't even know where quinoa comes from. I thought it came from like a petri dish. It. I honestly think it's little plastic pellets that they ship that they use to like ship. stuff in the mail it's awful like, like dipping dots dipping dots are ice cream though yeah okay how many pounds of dipping dots do you think you could eat in one sitting yeah i love dipping dots I do it's too. more the novelty of it you know i do too i like them when they get just a little bit melty but they're still super cold <laughs> oh bro so, what's your favorite flavor oh, of dots? Oh, mint of course of course dude the mint <laughs> ones are the best ones bro Oh my god! Mint ones are so good. We need to get sponsored by Dippin' Dots, dude. Nah, I would love what a that. Baller sponsor. I would love that, man. Yeah. Number one MMA betting podcast on earth, brought to you by <laughs> Dippin' Dots. What's up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, make it um, rain with dots, dude. Um, I love that, man. <laughs> all right, here we go, dude. 
I'm I'm a little bit on the same page as you. We used to call Volkov the dark horse of this division. Dude, that's what he, he, he was. Coin him, man. Yeah. I know, but dude, he's fighting Marcin Tubura, who I'm calling the freaking bottle of the barrel competition. Oh, he's man. He's fought oh, man. Greg Hardy, not a fighter. Mm. Walt mm. Harris, soft spot for him outside the cage. He has no mm. life inside the cage. Oh, gosh. Beat Sergey Spivak, but dude, that was back in February of 2020. So he's not mm. the same Sergey we've seen as of late, that Caucasus Mountain Warrior that we love. Mm. Tubura somehow has to figure out how to get this thing on the ground. He's got to use that bowling ball belly of himself and just hold alexander volkov down but i'm gonna be honest dude i think alexander volkov has a very good takedown defense he also has a good get-up game when he can get it yes when he fought curtis blades that was brutal he struggled but he held his own to a certain degree i i'm still gonna go with volkov here i think the length the height the reach all that stuff is still a huge issue in this division the minus 290 scares me a little bit but i'm still gonna put him on my slip my problem with this is I'm just mad at Volkov here. The line is like just far enough to make me not want to bet it. And his last performance was just poor enough that makes me not want to bet him. Right. I don't believe realistically that Tybora has much more than a snowball's chance in hell here. But Fight Island, it's weird. And Volkov just underperformed so badly his last fight, it makes me nervous betting on him again. He just underperformed so badly that it just makes me nervous. That's like, like I said, I almost just need a fight away from him. I think he's going to win on Saturday. I just don't, I just don't want to touch him for right now. I'm just mad at him. Not very scientific, not very, uh, not very analytical. You just made me mad because you underperformed in a fight that you could have won. Islam Makachev at 20 and one taking on Dan Hooker at 21 and 10. Again, Dan Hooker at a plus 400 Islam Makachev minus 600 overrun rounds at two and a half. This whole main card is like a Bellator card. It's huge yeah. favorites. Yeah. Big underdogs. Somebody is going to make someone a ton of money. Right. It's up to us. The weight is on our shoulders. We need to find the spot where this is going to happen. Do you think it's going to be Dan Hooker beating Islam Makachev here? This is a horrible matchup for him. I get it, dude. I love the stay ready. I'll take a fight. I'll call my wife sure. off in Australia and say, hey, baby, I'm taking the Islam Makachev fight. I know it's a confliction in styles. I know I'm a striker. I know a kickbox. Sure. He's going to grapple heavy, you know, way heavy. That was his big fear coming into the Michael Chandler fight was the wrestle heavy attack. Like, was he going to be able to negate that? Granted, he didn't have to. He got his bell rung and taken out of there. Right. But Islam... It's a different type of wrestling. It's not a wrestling. It's a grapple-heavy attack, less the jiu-jitsu. He's going to Khabib smash you. There's a reason the dude's going to be in the corner. I hate this fight for Dan Hooker. I don't know why he would take this. Unless he can get off early, earn some respect from Islam right off the rip, maybe, maybe. But this is going to be a long, drown-out fight, man. I don't think Islam's going to put him away, but I do think he's going to smother him, dude. I don't like it. It's very boring. What I don't like about this fight is the implications for when he wins, right? So if you look mm -hmm. at the run-up prior to this, everybody's Islam Makachev, oh. he's the next Khabib. He's oh. going to be in line for a title shot. Yeah, Dan Hooker's the first top 12 opponent he's ever fought, right? right. So like, yeah, he's on a win streak since getting knocked out by Adriano Martins. And with all due respect to most of these guys, Chris Wade, Nick Lenz, Gleason Tebow, Cajun Johnson, Armand Saruki, and Davi Hamos. Uh, Drew Dober, Tiago Moises. 
Moises and Dober are like in that fifth, 12 to 17 range in the lightweight division. Like they all, they're going to fluctuate there for the foreseeable future until some adjustments get made. That being said, that shouldn't get you. Yes, it got you Dan Hooker at six or seven or wherever Hooker's at now, but you shouldn't be in the top 10 of all lightweights like Islam Makachev is without having fought anybody within in the top 10. You shouldn't be being talked about for a title shot if your one fight that you've gotten inside the top 10 is coming against the number seven guy, number the number six guy. Yeah. That that should not be enough in an absolutely stacked, log-jammed, lightweight division. It sh- you shouldn't even be sniffing it for the time being. You need to be... You got to throw some together here. And I know it was supposed to be RDA, but it's not, right? Uh, it, but it is Dan Hooker. And I don't necessarily think that a Dan Hooker that just beat Nazrat Hackparast and got knocked out by Michael Chandler prior to, and then before that lost to Dustin Poirier, and before that, I just I don't I don't think that that should be the stepping stone to a title shot. It reminds me, and this is going to make you mad. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of your boy Connor and Connor's run up to his first featherweight title shot. Mm-hmm. Where he beat mm. a bunch of people, nobody higher than the top ten. Then mm-hmm. he beats Dennis Seaver, and now we're fighting. Now, now we're fighting Jose Aldo. It was Dennis Seaver on massive amount of steroids, though. So doesn't matter. Still Dennis Seaver. <laughs> Still Dennis Seaver. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know you could say that Connor fought Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier, but they one weren't the one the Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway that exist now, and two the rankings again were not what they were to put them put him in a justifiable position for that title shot, and he got it and he won. So I can't take anything away from him. The history has been made. Perhaps we'll see the same thing with Islam Makachev. Perhaps this will be the catalyst. Is Dan Hooker playable? Yes or no? At plus four hundred. No, this is great, great management from Ali Abdaslees to get his fighter into a title shot contention. Under two and a half inside the distance play, Makachev by submission, anything at all. I'm not touching any of that. No, I just I I'm not touching any of it. Not touching anything. Okay. No. I'm gonna touch something on this fight. I'm not sure what it is though. Okay. I might take Makachev by sub. Ooh. I, I just I feel like there's a ground and pound situation where Hooker scrambles and he grabs his neck for like a rear naked choke or something. That's the only way he's gonna get him out of there. He's not yeah. definitely not gonna knock him out. I I disagree. If Michael Chandler not can knock him out, Islam Makachev can knock him out. Ooh, okay. Not that Chandler it can't hit hard. I'm sh- I'm sure he hits like a truck, but it just he can be finished. And you got to think of the wars that Dan Hooker's been in too. The Edson Barboza fight, the Poirier fight. He That's just true. that head's been punched a lot. All right, Piotr Jan taking on Corey Sandhagen. Sandhagen at fourteen and three. Piotr Jan fifteen and two here. Trey Piotr Jan minus two thirty five. Corey Sandhagen plus one ninety five. This is the first time I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is the first time that I feel like Piotr Jan's being over-respected in a fight. I feel like he's been underappreciated up until this point, and now people are finally starting to put some respect on his name. But they've given him a pretty wide line here to try to cover up. Minus 235 against a very dangerous, very game, very talented Corey Sandhagen. Ooh, dude. Okay. Peter Jan is the 
poster child for Tiger Muay Thai. We love Tiger Muay Thai. That guy has some amazing striking. This is a walk forward, a lot of volume, strong. Cardio is absolutely insane. Fantastic shape. The dude's been training, doing break dancing like an absolute animal. I love it. Corey Sanhagen, though. This is this guy. Talk about having a dry run for this fight. He had the perfect dry run. The TJ fight was a great stepping stone to this fight. TJ's fast. He's got volume. He's selective. Good fight IQ. He's had a great, you know, break the rust off. Get yourself ready for the Piotr Yawn fight. Here's the thing, though. Yawn lost to Aljo for being stupid, right? Yes. Beat Jose Aldo. Okay. That was impressive. Fine. Yeah. Beat the greatest of all time, Uriah Faber, but Uriah Faber's <laughs> old. Beat Jimmy Rivera. Old's got a lot of miles on him. And then it was John Dodson. Freaking yeah. the magician's not what he was three years ago. And then it goes to names I don't even fucking know. Sanhagen, on the other hand, fights TJ Dillashaw. Won that. I believe he won that fight. He okay. beat Frankie Edgar, old, by murder. Marlon Marais, not the magic he once was, maybe three years ago. Al Jermaine, lost via Renek Choke, but he kind of just jumped in that and was moronic. And then it goes to John Lineker and all these names I don't know. I don't think these quality of competitions are that legit. Outside of their most recent two fights apiece, there's nothing that to me constitutes this interim belt. I think that it should be Yawn versus TJ. I'm going to get into that later. But what I am going to say, people forget, Sandhagen has way better BJJ than Piotr Yawn. He's gone for it a billion times. If you go to the TJ fight, he pretty much tapped out TJ by ripping his freaking heel off by doing that heel hook in the second round. Watch out for a guy that has length who has selective shots, who can be explosive and rip off limbs. This is my not most confident play of the night. <laughs> Let me back up. But this is my most excited play of the night. Okay. Is Sandhagen Moneyline. I okay. freaking love this, dude. You, only, you I saw your tongue make that noise or shape, and I was about to mute your mic. There's no way I'm not going to let you say that. Um, I disagree with some of what you're saying. Uh, but not all of it. Mm. I think that if you look at the quality of competition with TJ, Frankie, Marlon Marais, Aljo, Rafael Sunsal, John Lineker, that is a much stronger strength of schedule for Corey Sandhagen than Aldo, Faber, Rivera, Dodson, Silva, DeAndrage. Agreed. I, I just think it's stronger. And I think that Corey's been fighting tougher opponents longer yes. leading into this than Piotr Jan. I agree that this should not be an interim title fight, but Aljo, and we all knew this, um, was going to hold on to that belt for dear life yep. as long as he possibly could. I would do the um, same thing. Right. They're just going to, he's just literally going to hold it as long as possible. And I understand he's saying that he wants to fight and the doctors are saying they won't clear him this, that, and the other. Right. Um, but they're, we all knew what to expect whenever right. this happened. We all saw yeah. it coming. Um, you can't have him fight Aldo again because the fight wasn't competitive. TJ's out for months with reconstructive surgery on his knees. Yep. So at this point, with the Bantamweight division already being held up for, again, this is the second time where we have a main co-main with Yon and Yon in it. Um, what do you do here? Right, like you can't hold up these two divisions any longer. You can't hold up light heavyweight any longer, and you can't hold up bantamweight 
you got to keep them moving. There's got to be some parity to it. There's got to be something that gets keeps you excited. Bantamweight is arguably the most exciting division in the sport right now. Yeah, uh, at least from a talent perspective and the, yep. the level of fights that are being put on. You can't just let it sit stagnant. So I agree with wanting to give it something, a little emphasis to it. And obviously they want to they want to you know bolster the pay per view numbers. Interim, sure. It's about as necessary interim of a title as Cyril Gone versus Derek Lewis was. Man. The UFC has never been shy to hand out an interim belt. They're not going to shy away from it now. No. Corey Sandhagen presents a lot of problems for Piotr Jan. What I think that Corey cannot do, and as much as I love Corey Sandhagen, he cannot get into a Muay Thai fight with Piotr Jan. No. no. It's a bad idea. It's a yeah. bad idea. A Muay Thai fight with Piotr Jan is not the same as standing there and banging and, and, and going Muay Thai technique for Muay Thai technique with TJ Dillashaw. Bang Muay Thai is different than Tiger Muay Thai. Yeah. You, it's not, they are not the same. There are levels to this. And Piotr Jan exists in a realm that is far beyond the space and time of Bang Muay Thai. And if Corey Sandhagen decides to just stand there and chuck knucks with Piotr Jan the entire time, it's yeah. going to be a bad. It's going to be a bad night for him. He has got to do something else to switch things up. He needs to work knees in the clinch. He needs to be a bully. He needs to use his size. He needs to threaten takedowns. He needs to threaten yeah. sweeps. He's got to you know alternate between clinching uh dirty boxing and distance plays he's got to he has to come at him with a variable attack he has to make Piotr Jan work just as hard up here as he's working outside of it uh that's how he's going to have to win this fight if he can get Piotr Jan either mentally or physically exhausted and have him making mistakes that's where he'll play catch up if he continue if he goes out there and just wants to go technique for technique it's going to be a bad night for Corey Sanhagen but and I'll let you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get in here. If we're talking about dogs that'll fight for our money, Corey Sandhagen will go to sleep on a submission, or he'll break something if it's a limb, uh, a limb technique, or you're going to have to separate him from consciousness, which we haven't seen somebody do. So for that, plus ninety five, probably closer to over to plus two hundred on Saturday night. Corey Sandhagen will get my money. Oh yeah, dude. Yes. All right. Cool. It's sick because it's like what you said, man. Tiger Muay Thai, you don't want to get in a striking match with Piotr Jan, but no team elevation, well rounded fighter. So, every sure. single thing you said that Corey Sanhagen can present, if he hones it in, lets his coaches speak to him, he listens, he can present all those problems across every single facet. And I love yeah. it. I also think, I also think that Corey came off of a higher level competition fight more recently than, yes. than Piotr Jan did. Yeah, like if, I, if Piotr came off the Faber fight, I'd say the opposite, but yes. Right, right, yeah. yeah. All right, main event of the evening, Jan Blachowicz. Take it on Glover Teixeira. 28-8 for the Polish power himself, Jan Blachowicz. 32-7 for Glover Teixeira. Mm. Plus 240 for Teixeira, minus 300 for Jan. Do we think... See, this is hard because I want to bet with... This is a heart play for me. This Ooh. both of the this is a heart play because I yo, I I love I love oh, you, that was Jan even Say yeah, it the I, other way. I I yove. Yeah, I yove yawn. Um, <laughs> but Glover, Glover's out there doing it for the dads. 
yeah I right know. like he's out there yeah doing it for the dads like yeah, if you're dude. if you're a fucking dad dude for sure if you're a dad that is like sick of like just <laughs> like, like you go to the grocery store and you see like hear people with bass in their car and people dude, like just sure. walking around talking loud and you're like these motherfuckers right like like <laughs> glover to is your dude like he's dude. your guy Glover cruises to the Apex or wherever with literally a hard pale lunchbox and says, All right, fuck it. 6 a.m. Time to go to work. You know, right, that's like, him, dude. Like Glover to share cuts his grass with like the headphones that get radio stations that have the batteries in it. Like he puts a he puts a two triple A's in. He gets like 90, 96.8, right? You know, contemporary soft rock, and he just goes out and he cuts the grass. Like totally. that's Glover Teixeira, and then at night yeah. he goes and he he chokes people to sleep. Uh, I, I just <laughs> the dad in me wants Glover Teixeira to win this oh, fight so bad. I know, <laughs> but I know. also I freaking love Jan Blahovitz because he hits like a truck. Yeah. Um, he's a great personality, and he's a freaking Caucasus Mountain warrior. <laughs> he is. He is. So I, I just I don't know what to do here, man. The heart wants what the heart wants. And in this instance, I just want both these guys to get along. I just want them both to be champions. But that's not the way the world works. It's not. It's not. But I think we have to – we got to go to basics here. we got to look okay. at – just like we just said in the last fight, you have to look at the most recent competition. And Jan fighting Izzy gave us a very broad story of what he possesses. His footwork looked great. His striking looked exponentially better. You people, I hit the, the storyline I hate the most is oh, dude, can you remember, remember when Yom was gonna get fucking cut? Remember, it was yeah. like four years ago, he was on a four or five losing streak, and yada yada yada. Dude, yes. go look at those four four of the five fights that he had during that period. His four of those five losses were against championship caliber the freaking Alexander Gustafsons, the Corey Anderson. Like, and by the way, both those were decisions, yeah. He fights the best of the best, whether it's wrestling, striking, whatever, and he holds his own. Glover has – it's like you said, he's an absolute workhorse. He's got a BJJ black belt, and what that's the only piece that scares me. But I think Jan has the uh, the prowess to push him off and make sure that he's not going to get those takedowns. If he does get those takedowns, it's going to be a long night for Jan because this is a guy that punishes you from the side and doesn't look to punish to finish the fight. He punishes you to open up a neck, try and find a, a rear naked choke, get an arm over, get an arm triangle. Glover, while he seems just like the old school workhorse, he's also extremely smart. So I'm worried about Jan on the ground, but I think he's going to have the footwork. He's going to have the fight IQ. I think he's going to have the volume, which is going to be a big component of it. I'm going Jan here in this spot. What worries me, if I'm a Glover to share better, is that Glover gets rocked once per fight. Right. (laughs) Once per fight, Glover is on death's door, and then he bounces back. Like... Like from the depths of despair, Glover bounces back. Like right. it, it, it's it's bound to happen. I don't know if it's going to be in the first round or the second round, but he's going to get caught. He's going to get hurt, and it's going to be how does he deal with that? It, does Yawn hit hard enough to put him out? Right. Like the last time we saw him out, like out, out, out. Right. right. Anthony Johnson and Alexander Gustafsson, like you said, like those were the last times he was out cold. But prior to that, the win over Anthony Smith, remember he got hurt 
and then he did, proceeded to beat the holy hell out of Anthony Smith for about a good 20 minutes, knock his, his teeth, teeth out. out. Yeah. Tiago Santos fight. Tiago rocks him, lays right. him down. He survives yes. the storm. Iwan yeah. Kutalaba rocks him. He weathers the storm. Carl Roberson rocks him, weathers the storm, and then he finishes the fight. All right, we got to go Glover, dude. We just I'm going Glover here. I've talked myself into it. I'm doing one for the dads here. I'm going Glover to Shara. It's the it's it's. I need I need Glover to Shara to win just so I feel better about getting older. Yeah. Like, like if Glover to Shara can win a, a world championship, fighting like fist fighting somebody at 42 yeah. years old in the best organization on earth. Right. I feel I feel good at 36. Hell yeah. We're going to be wearing our New Balance, our jean shorts. We're freaking waving the flag Saturday night for Glover, dude. You just swayed me. Plus 240, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> Both of the yawns are going down. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, so here let's do this. Let's let's <laughs> All right. I know you don't have a yard. Um, because California and yard right. not something you do, but do you have like a work shoe that you do stuff in, like a uh, yard, like, like not like a yard work shoe, but like do you have like a piss around the house on the weekend shoe, like UGG boots? Please don't tell me. You do. <laughs> like, do you, what's your equivalent of New Balances? Oh, like Vans, yeah. So you have you have Vans like your those are your shit kickers. Like if you got to run to run to Whole Foods or whatever and get some quinoa, you're throwing on the Vans. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have some I have some ASICs that I that I, I I shit kick around on the weekend. So let's do this. <laughs> let's forego the four shoey bet. Okay. And we'll do this. We'll do we'll do dad shoeys. So okay. if Glover to share wins, yeah, we will do shoeys out of our dad shoes. Cool. Cool. One step further. Okay. Should we throw it out to the public? If in fact you do a dad shoey, if Glover wins, you get put into the pirate wheel for a chance to win some beer money. Do you want to do beer money? Yeah. Okay. How much beer money? Let's incentivize people. How much yeah. beer money? Fifty bucks. Fifty dollars. I'll throw a fifty spot on that, so you can get okay like three six packs of craft IPAs. Sounds good. All right, so if Glover Teixeira wins, because we let's stipulate, let's let's put this out because we'll clip this and we'll we'll add it to yeah. Instagram. If Glover Teixeira wins on Saturday night, yeah, take a video of you doing a shoey out of your best dad shoe. Yeah, if you don't have a dad shoe, make it work. Just your best dad shoe. Send it to us. Are we going to let the people vote on who the winner is, or are we just going to select a winner? We're going to select, but your shirt better be tucked into your shorts or pants. Uh, You better be playing the part or I send it back. Okay. Gotcha. So we will select a winner. That winner will receive $50 in beer money from us. Direct to the Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, friends and family, whatever it is that you need to do. Make it happen. Let's do it. Gotcha. Boom. Man, that's a good giveaway. It's a good giveaway. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you were going to go real dad-like and go like $17. <laughs> For sure. And a couple coupons. I yeah. thought you were, were going to go. All right. Let's, we have 10 fights we got to get through, and we are so far behind. All, All right. right. 
a lot of Russians here, so we're just gonna we're gonna rush in through the Russians. Tagir, uh, Olembikov taking on Alan Nasimento. Nasimento seventeen and five. Olembikov thirteen and one here. Trey. Olembikov minus three seventy. Nasimento plus two ninety five. I'm looking at a Russian parlay for the prelims. You know, mm, um, fair. Just a Russian parliamentary prelim parlay, if you will. We'll call it something like that. Olembikov will be the anchor in that minus three seventy. I think he beats Nascimento. Brazilians as a whole, when traveling from Brazil, going foreign cards tend to not fare well. Uh, Glover does not count from that because he's been living in Danbury, Connecticut for 20 years. So he's not that. So um, Olembikov, the anchor in the Russian parliament prelim parlay. Olembikov. I love that. That is a lock within parlays right there. I love this piece right here. Togger is I'm gonna call him Togger. Togger, Toggy? Whatever you, you call him, whatever you want, man. Call him Togger, dude. Super grasp grappling Russian dude. Combo some uh combo sambo background. Combat from, combat sambo, yeah. Jabs from the outside, lands heavy, and then looks for the sub. This guy will literally get in, close the distance quick. Allen, on the other hand, he fought Julian Pivey on Dana White Contender Series. He's someone who literally likes to accept guard. So you're going Tagger, who's a guy that will rush, jab, hold, grind, versus a guy that's going to accept, pull guard, and try and figure it out. Yeah. What are we doing here? Minus 370, put it in the parlays. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, man. If you look at his wins, too, uh, seven submission wins on his record, right? Uh, if, if you're, we're talking about uh, Alembikov here, and then if you're Nasimento, you're looking at it, and he's got 14 submission wins, so a collective 21 submission victories between both of these guys, out of uh, you know a little over 30, 30, 36 fights. So 36 total fights between the two of them, 21 of which have ended by submission. I like. Olembikov, and I think maybe taking an inside the distance play might not be a bad play here. I like that as well. By smother. Okay. Yep. By smother. All right, man. Uh, Magomed Mustaev taking on Demir Ismagulov. Demir Ismagulov at 23-1. and one. Magomed Mustaev at 14-4. and four. Mm. This is a banger of a fight. Mustaev mm. at a plus 220. Demir Ismagulov at a minus 280. Overrunner on rounds Two and a half. One of the few Russians not favored tonight is Magomed Mustaev. Which is weird, dude, because when he fought Rafael Fazeev, we were all on the Fazeev train, but hmm. we, got, we got screwed there. Um, How so? Because we went Fazeev. Right? Oh, and he beat Fazeev. Yeah. That's right. He yeah. had the uh, spinning... Um, yeah, it was like a spinning back fist or some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. Yeah, you're right. He did beat him. Huh. Yeah. So as much as I love that plus money, he's screwed me in the past. He's got great clinch work, strong striking. He actually likes his striking over his wrestling, which is weird because his wrestling's way better. But he's one of those guys that kind of like fell in love with his hands. Demir, on the other hand, has got great cardio, picks his shots, level changes, really well-rounded, great fight IQ. And he doesn't get sucked into brawls, which I think that Mustafaev, I don't know if he gets sucked into brawls, but he definitely wants to like put the aggression on there and see if someone will kind of ditch their game plan. Demir's not going to fall for that shit. 
I think this line's way too wide. I think Magomed has an opportunity here, but I'm going Demir because I really think he's a smart ass fighter and he's extremely well rounded. Well, I think it's interesting. You look at his wins, right? If you're looking at Demir's wins, uh, Rafael Alves, Tiago Moises, Joel Alvarez, and Alex Georges. Right. Okay. Like quality wins, but if you look at who Mustayev has fought, a loss to Brad Riddell, which was a split decision. Yeah, beat nice. Fazeev, like you said, and lost yeah. to Kevin Lee. Um, that's not th- – th- I mean, this is a pretty decent level <laughs> of competition, man. I know. Don't talk me into another Russian right now. All right, let's <laughs> – I'll go Demir for right now, but that's subject yeah. to change. Fair. That's fair. All right. Because <laughs> the more I'm looking at this, I'm like, I don't know. All right. Yao Zong Hu taking on Andre Petrovsky. Petrovsky at 6-2. and two. Uh, who at three and two, excuse me, uh, who is a plus 195. Petrovsky is a minus 235 over and rounds at two and a half here, or one and a half. Sorry, Trey. Do we just go Andre and keep it moving here? A guy that's three and two, I'm not not convinced that he belongs here. I think they're just trying to bring in some regional flair. What do you think? I think it's exactly what you said. Andre, obviously we saw him most recently on the Ultimate Fighter finale. He's taking this fight on short notice here. Dude is lightning a bottle. Moves forward really quick, I like. Who? I mean, here's your breakdown. I don't know shit about this guy. Nor does, I, I think, anyone in the world. Regional circuit, hasn't fought since 2018. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go, Andre. Okay. My concern with Andre is gas tank. It's gas tank. That's that's fair. That's fair. that's he, that's super fair. Who could get this done in round three for sure? Right, um, and three and zero coming into the UFC again. Another Tiger Muay Thai guy is Yozong Hu, but losses to Cyril Asker, losses to, to Rashad Coulter. Um, I, I I understand the weight. You know, at that time was higher than what this fight will take place at. But dude, I, I just. I don't know, man. Uh, unless he comes in and takes everybody by surprise, right. if your last loss is to Rashad Coulter, I don't think that this is a, this is priming you. Beating Rashad Coulter two plus years ago is not <laughs> have me feeling like you're going to come out and shock the world on Saturday night, uh, even if it is against a guy with relatively little big show experience in Andre Petroskin. Yep. Yep. All right. Mach 1 Amir Khani taking on Lerone Murphy. Lerone Murphy at 10 0. Mach 1 Amir Khani at 16 and 6. This is the fight. This is a great fight. Yeah. Plus 250 for Mach 1 Amir Khani. Lerone Murphy minus 310 over on rounds here. Trey, two and a half. Do we think that Mach 1 Amir Khani shows up ready, motivated, and willing to fight? What was the whole thing that he came out and he's like, oh, dude, I'm taking this seriously now. I'm going to, I'm going to train hard. Like, what was that whole thing, dude? He just had a he had a thing for a while where he was kind of like a I guess like a playboy, you know, or fancied himself as like sort of a playboy party party guy, you know, yeah. if you will, and had some had some mixed success, right? Came into the UFC, rattled off three in a row, um, lost a split decision to Arnold Allen, but then continued to win. But anytime he's faced, you know, pretty decent competition like Arnold Allen, like I said, Shane Burgos, Edson Barboza, he's lost. And then they had him fight Camilla Kirk, and he lost that as well. And that that's that's a tough loss, right? Because right. when you're saying that you're rededicating yourself to the sport, um, 
that's a tough one. That's a tough one to eat, right? When you're like, I'm now I'm back, and then Kamuela Kirk comes out and beats you. That's for a sure. tough, that, that's a tough L to take. There's there's no reason to make those declarations because you just put so much pressure on yourself. I don't like it. Um, this fight, I I, I think is going to be all out war. The mm. first one and a half rounds, both these guys. I worry about Maquan in the later rounds. He, he's been a little bit suspect with his gas tank, but you have to look at the quality of competition he's fought. The Shane Burgos, the, uh, the Edson Barbosas. This dude has fought killers row. Lerone Murphy, though, I feel like the whole UFC is beyond hyped on this guy because he's extremely well-rounded. He's a bite down in your mouthpiece. He's really smart, good stick and move, good takedown defense. He is the all-encompassed, I'm a well-rounded fighter. Makwan has the ability here, but I just don't know if he has the willpower and the go forward to get this thing done unless he's going to get it done in flashy fashion, which he's known to do in that first round, round and a half. Sure. He's going to have to because if, if, if the fight becomes measured, Lerone Murphy has the discipline to take it mm-hmm. into, the, into the latter half. Makwan, um, yep. it, it, it's, it's, it's a conflict with yourself. If you're Makwan Amir Khani, right? Yep. Because coming out like a house on fire is what got you your wins. It was what got the heat behind you. But it also was your undoing. And now you're fighting a guy like Lerone Murphy, who if you're going to beat him, you have to do exactly that. You've got to come out and get him early before he can get into the rhythm of the fight. Because if he gets into the rhythm of the fight, you're not going to win. So you've been preparing yourself to become this new reinvented person but they matched you up with somebody where realistically your only chance of really winning is to be the thing that you've come to hate, which is a brawler, which is a house on fire. So it's going to be a very interesting mental storyline, if you will, to this fight as to what Mach one Amir Khani can do to win this fight. Minus two or, or minus three ten for Lerone Murphy. I think it's a little large. Um, Yes, he has wins over Douglas Silva de Andrade, and yes, he has wins over uh, Ricardo Hamosh. But that's that's you know uh, before that we have a, um, a a draw with Tukagov, who we're getting ready to talk about. We're getting ready to talk about Hamosh as well. Um, I it's a very interesting. This is an interesting fight. I, I haven't landed firmly on either one. I just believe that the minus 310 fight or line on Lerone Murphy is a little heavy for right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Shamil Gats, uh, Gamzatov taking on Michael Olajacek. Golly, man. I know. Dude, Put my tongue nice. through the word. Right. Olajacek. Your chin and mouth is going to be sore after this right. episode. Yeah. Olajacek at 15 and 4. Shamil uh, Gamzatov at 14 and 0. I, you know, I was big on Olajacek for a while there, and I believe he's just undersized for the division. Yeah. And I think that Shamil is going to expose that. I know this fight's close. Um, Gamzatov's a minus 145. Olajacek at a plus 115 over and around the two and a half. Olajacek's fought the tougher level of competition, but I just believe he's undersized for the division. He lacks physical strength necessary to compete with these bigger, stronger guys. He is talented enough. He hits hard. He has the skills in his body, but he's just not very physically strong. And he's undersized. Um, so it's like if you could get him on a good diet nutrition plan, get him on a good strength and conditioning plan, 
and knock him down a weight class, I think he could be a real problem. He just doesn't seem to want to do it. Um, he's like that weird in-between. Uh, I think he's going to have real problems on his hands with Shamil Gabzatov on, on Saturday night. Minus 145, I'm not getting too difficult with it here, not overthinking it. I'm going to take Shamil. I think he's going to have a lot of problems, but I think from a size perspective, this is one that might be okay for him because Shamil's a guy who he fought at light heavyweight at the World Series of Fighting, and then he fought at middleweight at PFL. So he's a relatively smaller guy himself. So while your your logic is right as it relates to his resume, he's always been undersized. This might be a better you know comparison in in, in stature. I think that Shamil though is a guy that's going to present a lot of issues as it relates to the ground. This is a three-time tournament champ for Abu Dhabi, you know, BJJ, great jiu-jitsu guy, good grappler, you know, as as this entire freaking card. Um, this uh, Olajese guy, he's, he's a guy that tends to get overwhelmed. If he doesn't get off, get his rhythm, like you had said, going from the beginning, earn the respect from the moment they get out there. He gets overwhelmed. The people that he fights dictate the pace. And I think when you have a smothering BJJ guy, who knows what his blueprint and game plan is going into this, where his core strengths rely. I think you got to go Shamil here. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'm probably go Shamil and I'll probably go inside the distance, to be honest with you. Yee. I like that. I like uh, under two and a half. Yee. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Oleski Zal- uh, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos, or Easy Dos Santos, as uh, it's easier for me to say. Taking on Benoit Saint-Denis. At eight and no, Saint Denis going to be the underdog here against Easy Dos Santos. <laughs> Excuse me, Saint Denis at plus one eighty. Easy Dos Santos Trey coming out at a minus two twenty. Over and around the two and a half. You know I love me some Easy Dos Santos. I'm I'm playing him here, man. Yeah, I'm actually playing by KO. I mean, yeah, mm. he has lost against Muslim Salakov, but that's okay. That's that's legit. Kung Fu Panda, and, bro. Plus, it was a split. Um, yeah. Fast twitch fighter uh, can put himself in bad positions, but make it really exciting and kind of like scramble out of it really quickly and make it a little bit more orthodox. I think this is the guy uh, that's going to get it done and get it done quickly. Remember, this is the guy spinning back fist to Sean Strickland, who's such a big freaking household name right now that put him out. I'll, I'll go easy. Easy right. by KO. Easy by KO. I easy love it. Easy KO. by KO. All right, we've got four left here. We're going to go quick. Albert Duryev taking on Roman Kopilov. Kopilov at eight and one. Duryev at fourteen and three. Another one of the anchors in the Russian parliamentary prelim parlay. My boy Albert Duryev at a minus three twenty over Roman Kopilov at a plus two sixty over and around the one and a half. Give me Duryev. Yeah, Duryev, uh, Dana White contender series guy. He's powerful, loves to close the distance, ground and pound aggressively. Kopilov, good kickboxing, works from range, doesn't have that good of takedown defense. You got to go with Duryev, who's going to work that like half guard, ground and pound to murder. Kopilov's one of those guys that is 30, but looks like he's 13. <laughs> right. Well, that's like your boy here in uh, Ricardo Hamos, dude. We're about to yeah. talk about another yeah. Ricardo Hamos at 15 and three, taking on Zubair. Tukagov, Tukagov at 19, 5, and 1. Hamos, like I said, at 15 and 3. There you go. Yeah. Hamos at a plus 190. Tukagov at a minus 170. Overrun on rounds is at 2.5. I had you all spun up prior to going into this because of my Plus-y. take on Hamos uh, in yeah. comparison to Tukagov. But let, yeah. me, let me walk you through this real quick. 
please. I think that Hamosh is a play here. Ooh. I think he's a play. And I'll tell you why. If you look at Tukagov, right, he has lost to Hanada Moikano and he has lost to Hakeem Dewadu. Right. Now, those are both split decision losses, but right. they did, in fact, in my opinion, they beat him. Uh, and I've scored the fight both times against him. Um, both of those guys present skill sets that are relative to the ones that Ricardo Hamosh possesses. Mm -hmm. And I would make the argument that in fact that Hamosh is a better wrestler than either of the two gentlemen that have already beaten him. I think that he is a better wrestler than Hakeem Dewadu, and I think he's a better wrestler than Hanato Moicano. I don't think that he has the jits game of Moicano, and I don't think that he has the kickboxing game of Dewadu, but I do believe that he is just good enough from a stand-up, and he's just good enough wrestling that Zibira Tukagov is not going to submit him. I don't no. think he's going to wrestle death him. I think it goes to a stand-up war. And in that case, I'm going to favor Hamosh at a plus 190 because Tukagov has shown himself to start strong, exert a lot of energy to try to establish a dominant position. And if he can't get it, things get dicey in a hurry. And Hamosh, if he can control his energy, control his excitement, and not power his way out of positions but rather technique his way out of positions mm -hmm. i think he has the gas the fortitude and the ability to take this fight later rounds and get it done uh either a late finish or again ultimately get the judges involved and probably we'll see a decision that somebody's not particularly happy with but hamosh plus one plus 140 here is worth a play in my opinion you start off with a little bit of MMA mass. I'm going to pull it back for you for yeah. a quick second. Do both it. of these have a um, – they've both fought one similar op opponent, and that's Lerone Murphy, who we've already mm -hmm. talked about. Mm -hmm. One, Tukagov, took it to a draw. Hamos, by murder. Lost yeah. by murder. Yes. Hamos, I have to fare with him, dude. He's a team alpha male guy. And to your point, yes, he's going to have just the good enough striking and just the good enough wrestling. I think his wrestling is going to be exponentially better because we know team alpha male to be full of a ton of wrestlers. I love Hamas' jiu-jitsu. I think he has slick jiu-jitsu. So I think while his wrestling is going to be just okay, it's going to be just okay enough to negate any of the clinch work or putting up against the cage that uh, Tukagov's going to do. And then he can maybe get it down on the ground. Neck beard and all for uh, Tukagov. I'm going to fade him. I'm going to take your plus one, 140. I don't like the pick, but it's team alpha male. So let's ride. Well, let's run through some stats real quick, just for those that are listening that are on the fence, right? Just, just to consider. Again, just to consider. Okay. Just to consider. Who lands more significant strikes per minute? Almost. He does. Because he has At, more output, yeah. Right. Uh, three to two. <laughs> Who lands more significant? Who has a higher significant strike accuracy? Tugov. Hamosh, forty-four percent. Wow. Who has a higher takedown average? Ooh, Hamosh. He does at three to two. Who has higher takedown accuracy? Go Hamosh again. Hamosh again at fifty-eight percent. And who has a higher submission attempt average per That's fight? That's almost for sure. Exactly. So in almost all measurable components, Hamosh mm. is, is, is presenting more output and at a more effective clip than Tukagov. 
again, these are all statistics, which is not normally something that we weigh for fights. We normally just go, I like the way this guy looks or where he's from or his camp. It's, this right. is kind of against the grain and how we normally break down fights. But if I'm looking at this, I feel like we're going to see a lot of action on Tukagov. And I'm, I'm just cautioning people to not be as confident in Tukagov as you may be. Hamos presents a problem here. I'm taking Hamos, dude. I, okay. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Just it. Potential parlay busters is what I what I'm concerned with, right? Not putting him in a parlay, absolutely not. But I will take him. And it's don't forget, Hamos just beat Bill Algio. You mean Billy Q? No, no. But Bill <laughs> Algio and Billy Q have never been in the same room at the same time. All right, Amanda Hebus taking on Verna Jonjiroba. Jonjiroba at seventeen and two. Amanda Hebus at ten and two. Last time we saw Amanda Hebus was Fight Island, and she is back yet again. Um, and she's taken on – give me some new odds here, bro. Sorry. It's all good. There you go. The cut water is kicking in. He was at a minus 165, yeah. Verna at a plus 135. Over rounds at two and a half. Are you worried at all that the last time we saw Amanda Hebus, she got knocked out, and now she's fighting another lady in Verna, John Jarebo, who's going to try to punch her in the face? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. This is a horrible matchup for Hebus. This makes me nervous. I don't like this fight for her. I think I'm going to go with the science here and go Verna. You have to go with Verna. Not only is it just science, but, dude, (laughs) Hebos is someone that likes to move forward. And the problem is, for someone that likes to move forward, she doesn't like to get hit. When she does get hit, it throws her game completely off. She's a deer in headlights. She's got good BJJ, but that doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, dude, when she fought – or, like – Verna is even better, I think, of a uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner. She was a world champ. She's going to have better striking than the competition. Uh, She's been out muscle from the Mackenzie Derns before. I think she's going to be stronger. She's going to have better striking. She's not going to be – Hivas isn't going to threat the takedown because of the jiu-jitsu difference in ability. I don't see where Hivas is better in any facet of this game. Can can you literally tell me? Is she better in striking? Is she better in wrestling? Is she better than jiu-jitsu? Is she better – where is she better? She's not. Verna is better in every single piece of the mixed martial arts equation in this fight. Okay. I'm sold. I'm sold. The fact I need you to I need you to acknowledge this is a beauty and the beast matchup since you're wearing the clock. I can't do that. I'm not shaming. Okay. Verna Verna's uh lazy eye is cute within its own sense. You can't sneak up on Verna. No, no, that's the other thing. It's like yeah, you think you can get a left hook? Like out of nowhere? No, she's already looking left. <laughs> and if you take if you take her back, she always knows exactly where to fight the hands. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's another piece. When's when are people talking about that? You know? I'm gonna be honest with you. So I so I don't have a lazy eye, but I've got a relaxed eye. Um it's not lazy. I just I have an eyelid that sits lower than the other. It's it's this one right here, and it's it's been like that for a long time. My dad has the same thing. It's just it's relaxed, right? So all of my pictures or whatever it is, every once in a while, you'll see one if it's pretty straight on. This eye just is a little bit more closed and it just doesn't rotate the same way the other ones do. Again, it's not lazy. It's relaxed. People that have the eye that goes like off to the side and all this stuff. I need to know, are you looking at the ground? Like, or is this like a thing where you can still see forward, but it's, it visually to me, it looks like you're looking at the ground. How, how does that work? Yeah. If, if you cover the good eye, where are you looking? Exactly? That's what I'm saying. Like, are you constantly looking like it? Like 
and no disrespect to Verna because, but that eye is crazy and it's always over here. So if she's look or uh, what's his face, the the heavyweight that got cut, Maurice Green. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His eyes are wild too. Where are you looking? Like just not being disrespectful. Does is that the way it works? Because mine is relaxed, but it's relaxed in the forward position. Right. So what is the when it moves? Where does that go? Well, and I'd like to ask this too. Like, do you notice me staring directly at the wonky eye? Like when yes. I'm looking, you know, because I feel like that yep. happens a lot where I'll yep. walk into someone with a lazy eye and I'm just drawn to it. And then I like immediately try to look at the other eye. But then I'm like, now, you know, I'm looking at the other eye. I just want to know, like, is it so apparent that I'm looking at your wonky eye? It is. It is. Hold on. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's life dude it's life it's a it's a tough thing and now that you've got your your horse head back on I... yeah we're gonna finish the episode strong but no it is it is apparent and i'll tell you why so yeah. um i had this happen to me before um <laughs> when i was stationed in japan there was a yeah. guy that used to um i'd work standby on the weekends and there was a guy that used to come by let me open up my mouth here so you can hear me a little better there was a guy that used to come by on the weekends and um, he worked for one of the flight crews and he had uh, a wonky eye. Now yeah. I noticed that other people noticed that we all knew that this guy had a wonky eye. And it was one of those things where you try not to pay attention to it because he would notice what you noticed it. Yeah. Now I'm just an enlisted person. I'm not an <laughs> officer. So I've got to give this guy the most utmost respect humanly possible. Right. But every time he would come by, I'd catch myself sort of looking at his eye. Now his eye wasn't like to the side, but it was angled as such that it always looked like he was kind of looking behind you. Yeah. So every time I would encounter him, I'd just in my head, I'd go, whatever you do, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. Cause you know, it will always look like he was looking behind me. Yeah. And then the one day, man, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I just, I thought that there was somebody <laughs> behind me. So he's standing there talking to me and I went, <laughs> And I turned my head, turned my head and I came back and dude, his one eye was like deadlocked on me. It was dead serious. Like, oh no, he's like, he, I, he just, he knew, he knew. You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh, so for sure. I completely felt like a, a jerk, but I mean, what am I going to do? I thought somebody was sneaking up on me. I know. I almost feel like it'd be more polite just to walk into the conversation and be like, Hey, really nice to meet you. I'm going to stare at the weird eye first, but I just want you to know, like, it's not because the, it's weird. It's just because I'm drawn to it. Right. By the way, um, you know, we have this today as our special, you know what I mean? Right. It's, well, it's like, well, you dressed up as Maui last year, but it's like in Moana where he goes up to the crab and he's like, I need you to just pick an eye, just pick an eye. It's easier when you pick an eye. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I did want to ask you this uh, real quick question to close out the show. This yeah. is a really, it's been really eating at me. I need to know what your favorite candy is being that we're going into Halloween. Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, like you would like just the, the straight up, like legit normal ones that come in the actual paper Reese's peanut cup. butter cup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's I cool. could, let me, let me, let me, let me phrase this. I could eat Reese's peanut butter cups like potato chips. Really? I've often wondered. <laughs> I've often wondered how many Reese's peanut butter cups I could eat in one sitting. But they only come in a pack of two. I understand that. But I'm saying if I were to buy, like, could I eat 40 Reese's peanut butter cups in one sitting? I believe I could. Huh. Interesting. Because I eat them like potato chips. It's, it's a one bite candy for me. 
See, that's good. That's good. I see. That's where you got to, you know, you got to be smart about it because yeah, those you could eat really quickly and get rid of them in your belly really quickly. I like, remember Abba Zaba? See, we talked about this before. You told you, we've talked about this before. I've never had Abba Zaba. I don't know what that is. Okay. You're going to have to check out Abba Zaba because it's a taffy. So it takes a very long time, but you're very satisfied at the end of it. So I'm hoping that my daughter and son get some Abba Zaba or I'm going to fucking lose it. Is it? It's a honey taffy, is it not? No, it's taffy with peanut butter on the inside. That's right. You're right. Yep, that's okay. Because you told me about this before and I had to look it up. And being that you have a horse head, I feel like you'd be all over the peanut butter. I would love it. (laughs) I'd absolutely love it. I'd absolutely love it. All right, guys, if you don't already do so, the easiest way to keep in touch with what we got going on is follow us on social media everywhere humanly possible at MMA. Uh, that's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do so chat at MMA. Best way to support the show outside of leaving us a review, which we hope you do. Thumbs up, like, support any of the videos or the content. Share it with anybody you possibly can. Or if you want to support the show through the show sponsors, Stay Classy Meats and Allegiance Clothing, feel free to do so there as well. Take advantage of all the discounts available to you through us. And then don't forget if Glover Teixeira wins on yes. Saturday night, if you take a video of you doing a shoey out of your best dad shoe, we'll be picking one lucky winner to win $50 in cold, hard beer money. All you got to do is send us the video, and we, Trey and I will decide the best submission. The more dad like, the better. But Glover Teixeira has got to win, and it's got to be out of your best dad shoe. If you don't have a dad shoe, find something that makes it work. Trey, I can't find my cursor, so <laughs> I need you to hit... Uh, stop live whenever we're ready here. Can you handle that? I can do it after we just say a solid bang, bang. Be good to each other, guys. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.